This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in, you Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards, points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. The voice of South Yorkshire and North Derbyshire. BBC Radio Field. Odijay trying to get the better of Risa using good body strength in towards Howard down he goes and Barnsley claiming a penalty there and Martin Atkinson not giving it big big decision right at the end of the game in added time Odijay goes up for it away by Carragher Howard's there once more still it's Howard still going Still in here. 
This is John Parkin and you're listening to the Res Report on the Vibe. By Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley. Certainly are listening to the Red Report on the Vibe special guest John Parkin. Bit of an under the cosh invasion today, John. First of all, mate, cheers for coming in and joining us. No, very welcome. Looking forward to a, a bit of crack for an hour. Definitely have a good crack, weren't we, Carlo? Obviously, a defeat at the weekend against Coventry, but with a like, 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 <laughs> like John Parkin scores goals, Barnsley lose at Coventry, so there's no doubt that that was going to happen last weekend. Quick word on Coventry, though. Players in the in the right spots again, getting good chances, but not sticking them away. Yeah, I think the the young lad Brown came on, and um, you know, congratulations on your debut. And I think looking back, a couple of clear chances. You know, you can't blame the lad. Um, and but in I the right the place, didn't he, which is a good thing. Yeah, and the more we talk about 95 years since we've won, I'm sure that does players no good. When all over the media, you haven't won here for 95 years. How does that feel, you know? <laughs> I don't get it. John will know, because he's a footballer. I always think, but surely over those 95 years, we have different squads, different managers, different games, different circumstances. So I don't know what it is about Coventry. But you know what? It didn't work. Let's does it work bogey size like that, John? I mean, does it... To be honest, I don't look at any statistics running into a game or, or whatever, so it's uh, on a personal note, it's it's never really entered my head, to be honest. Um, I asked you before we come in studio, what are, what are you meant to Barnsley's approach then? Stendhal's come in, obviously a full German staff, they've kept the players from last year, they've managed to do that very well apart from Bradshaw. What what have you meant to our Barnsley have approached League One this time round? Uh, they've obviously hit the ground running, I mean, it's, it's obviously important to, to try and keep a nucleus of the squad, and they've managed to do that, and I think a big thing, uh, a big thing, were keeping Kiefer Moore. To be honest, I think is is pivotal to what Barnsley, what Barnsley are all about. Yeah. As the season started for you, John, then uh, we're all right, all right. On her, uh, I've managed to score a couple, but uh, 
I think it's on the score report. Could be doing better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had that a few times. Um, John, your playing career. Starting in 98, Barnsley. Out on loan to Hartlepool. Out on loan to York. You then signed for York. York, Macclesfield, Hull. Out to Stoke City alone. You then signed this for Stoke. This could take the old I know, York. come on. <laughs> we've, got, we've got a podcast to, to put on internet here later. Do you know? Three <laughs> minutes in and I'm getting it already. Uh, <laughs> Preston, North End loan. You go to Preston, Cardiff. Couple of loans. And you end up 2017, York City. Looking back over that time, um, let's first start about your, your days at Barnsley. What was it like being around your hometown club, being in that centre of excellence and, and getting an opportunity to, to sort of represent your, your, you know, your hometown? How did that feel? It was fantastic, but I think uh, at the time I probably didn't appreciate it as, as much as what I should have done. It, it was sort of normal, but uh, uh, I mean, I should have, I should have been a, a different character to what I were. I've, I thought I was Billy Big Time and out on the town and and probably far too much and as I said never never really appreciated it at, at the time yeah. makes a cracking book though doesn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. I mean I, th- I imagine if I'd have been a, a, a normal run of the mill footballer I don't think I'd have had to write one <laughs> what would it like being around club during that time though John obviously they've been in Premier League Did you, you was a fan you said to Chez the other day you were on field when, when they went up and then obviously you've been in centre excellence through Premier League seeing them get relegated and then you've come into the squad what would it like around club at that time uh, obviously, the, I've joined the the season uh, the just being relegated, so it were a little bit doom and gloom, and <clears throat> we managed to uh, managed to get off to a, a good start to that season, I, I believe, if if I'm right. And uh, but yeah, it was it was one of them where obviously relegation is the worst thing in in football. Promotion is the best thing, but relegation is the worst thing, and it were a, a little bit of a rebuilding sort of time. A lot of lads mentioned that John Hendry changed over night. Didn't he when he got job? Did that affect things as well, John? Do you think? Uh, to be honest, I, I didn't know him as a as a player or, or no. the manager beforehand. But obviously, I've, I've spoke to Shez about it on his, his podcast the the other week, and and he said he it literally did change overnight. And I, I do feel that he he did have to change. Uh, but it, it's obviously it's sort of you've got to try and smooth your way in a little bit. I think. I mean, if if you if you're having a beer with him on. Uh, one day and then the next day is your manager and it's gaffer this gaffer that I think it, it must have been tough for the lads yeah it's all just feel the way Eric Wynn Stanley gives you your debut just just talk us just talk us through that uh, obviously yeah quick it were uh, yeah. I think it were I think I might have come on for the last three or four minutes and I don't even think I touched the ball I just chased about like a madman and then uh, finished the game and and as, as normal went into town thinking I was really big spuds because she'd played in that book yeah but how did you find out about it then did you, did you know all week or was it just a case of Eric Spring it surprised me because I know he's done that to a few young lads in the past yeah I, I'm not sure I can't really remember I mean I, it, it got us training with the, with the first team and he obviously took us took us to Woodersfield and I thought I was just there for making teas and coffees on the bus and, and putting the cans of lager on uh, pretty much <laughs> but uh, yeah obviously he said that I'm, I'm on the bench and Managed to get on for the last three or four minutes. You know, Carlos obviously mentioned your clubs there that you've had, and we've we've obviously we've read the book, we've seen the clubs that you've played for, etc. What what game stands out mostly for you, John? Obviously, you've played at Wembley. Is the one game that you said that's the one I'm going to look back at fondly throughout my career? Uh, it's got to be the the Preston six four away at Leeds. We managed to <laughs> managed to score an actually, but obviously the circumstances of the game, we one nil up after five minutes, after thirty five minutes we four one down and really looking down the barrel but uh, managed to score just before half time and then it just went crazy second half we scored two just after just after half time and then I managed to managed to get the third for the hat trick and we ended up 6-4 
any time scoring against Leeds has to be good, doesn't it? You were there last night, weren't you, as well? Yeah, yeah, Alan I went Road. to watch the game last night. I did the, uh, the commentary for BBC Radio Lancashire. What do you mean? What, what you mean, Leeds? Because a lot of people are saying that this is this is it for them this year. They seem to have got the balance right. To be fair, they looked they looked really good last night. I mean, going forward, they, they looked uh, very exciting. But I think I think you can get them at the back. I'll be honest. I think you can uh, you can hurt them at, at the back. But going forward, it's uh, they, they did look very good. We mentioned in the intro Under the Cosh, which is one of your podcasts, and obviously we will mention and we'll keep mentioning uh, your book Feed the Beast. Um, I, I said earlier it was delivered yesterday. I'm on page 104. No romantic plans for me this evening because I'll be finishing this book. Um, Talk about talk about under the cosh and how did that come about? Because to listen to it, 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 it seems you know a few ex-professionals, but it, it it's be, has it become as big as what you thought it would? Because it seems to be spreading, especially on social media. Um, lots of people talking about it. Yeah, I think it's it's gone uh, better than we thought. I mean, I didn't even know what a podcast were until I got invited <laughs> on. And originally, I was just supposed to be a, a guest uh, for the first show, and went and did uh, did the podcast, and the lads were like. Your fans are coming on uh, and, and joining in. I was like, yeah, it's obviously enjoyed it, and and uh, and it's took off from there really. So it's it's going really well. So you do the podcast. Um, how did the uh, idea for the book Feed the Beast? How did, how did that come about? Did somebody say to you, "You're a funny bloke. You got some good stories to tell. You you want to write a book?" Or not really. I got I got a phone call from my uh, ghostwriter uh, David Clayton, and he uh, he didn't know anything about any of the stories uh, he just said I, I think you'd have a good story to tell and I think he was thinking more of a football of a football nature but uh, so I went and met him and had a little chat with him and he said oh, you fancy doing it and we're like yeah why not I mean I've always said whenever anything's happened over my career I've always said uh, I'm going to put that in my book and that oh, that'd be a good story for my book and it's ended up happening. Yeah. Well, the Reds Report on the Vibe, sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley.
Vibes Report on The Vibe. Sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley. Right, we're back on The Vibe with John Parkin, Carlo Vander watching Chris Mason in the studio. Bit of Liam Gallagher there just to give us a little bit of a break and... I looked outside the door, I thought Stuart Pearce were going to come in at one point there. He loves it, <laughs> loves a good concert, does Stuart, doesn't he, he John Bite Sounds, I think. Yeah, so. Stranglers fan. He's a big Stranglers, Stranglers fan, fan, isn't he? Uh, we mentioned there, John, before at break, obviously, like, you know, one game stands out, but in a career that's spanned over 20 years, if you've got lots of highlights, obviously. Yeah, d- yeah. Do you think you're going to sit back one day and say, that's it for me, that, you know... Apart from that Leeds game, because that's a game, is, is it, is it a, a number of goals or is it just something that you personally achieved? I think it, I don't think it's actual football thing as such, but it's, uh, I mean, I played at Wembley three times and, and the, on the last occasion, it, I, I, my little boy were, uh, were mascot. So I've walked down the tunnel at Wembley with me, he were eight at the time, with me, with me eight-year-old boy and I think he, he don't even realise what, what that means really. But I think that, I mean, there's not many people who'll be able to say I've, I've walked out Wembley with my dad, and I think that's the that's the main thing for me. And he, I managed to score as well, so you can say that his old man's uh, scored at Wembley. You've played with some great players now. Um, in the podcast, you, you talk about quite a few of them and how you either really got on with them or you really didn't. Um, Craig Bellamy, for instance, just just talk about your um, was it the training session? I believe it was with with Craig Bellamy, and you just sort of introduced yourself and. You know the standards that he had to get used to. I think you uh, you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I, when I when I first went to Cardiff, I got a bit of a knee injury, so I didn't train for the first week. But I, I sat next to him in the dressing room, and he must have been looking at me, thinking, "What is that? What we've signed?" <laughs> so we're trying to get promoted, and we've and we've signed that there. And um, so I managed to get training. I were on his team, and he's he's played. Someone's played the ball into him, and he's played the ball around the corner, and. Uh, and I've laid it off to the midfielder, so I'm thinking, oh, I've done my job there. And he starts swearing at us and shouting at us, give me the ball back, give me the ball back. And I just thought, I'm going to have to make a stand here. So I just stood, said, put my hand on. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, <laughs> I said, you're not playing with Carlos Tevez now, mate. It'll cost £30 million. You're playing with me, I'm hundreds grand I've just cost you, so you need to start lowering your standards a little bit. Did that change him then? From yeah, then on, because Griffin, what Andy Griffin, I think that were on the other week, and he says as soon as he shouted at Bellamy, don't talk to me like that. Well, that a, do you see a change? Yeah, because he's got a little, he's got little man syndrome, and you know what I mean. <laughs> is it? It's but yeah. From from that moment, I think he knew that where I stood and and that I wouldn't take any uh, any flack off him. What are you managers signing, John? Do you think Craig Bellamy? Or was that just what that club? Was that a Cardiff link? Do you think? I think it were a, a manager thing as well. I think the fact that it were Cardiff. I mean. It were apparently were on ninety grand a week at Man City at the time, and I think Cardiff were paying maybe ten, uh, ten of that. But the fact that he were going home, uh, obviously were dropping down. But the year previous, I think it, it were like one of the best players in the Premier League. He were absolutely unbelievable. And he scored two at Man U, yeah. uh, two at Man U when they got when they got beat four three, I think. And you could still see that he were he were a very very good player. Just his knees had gone a little bit. Yeah. Um, talk to us about some managers then, John. You've um Obviously played for a few. Uh, who was your best? Who was the worst? And most importantly, who were off at wall a little bit? Uh, or a lot. Best manager, I would say, is uh, Alan Irvine at Preston. Um, mainly for the way that he knew what I could do and what I couldn't do. And he, he never he never expected me to do anything that I, I really couldn't do. Uh, so I had a lot of time for Alan. And the worst, obviously, got to be Malky Mackay. I mean, what an absolute... Well, it's <laughs> quarter past five, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I could, I could talk to you all day about him. But he was what? What it with Malky, John? 
Uh, he, ju- he just came in and straight away hated us. Uh, pretty much, he didn't. He uh, was a bit of a sergeant major, Malky, and I've never been one for. Uh, I don't think I've ever met it in army. So I think he were. Uh, we just weren't. Uh, it weren't my cup of tea, and, and I don't think it our is. Looking, looking at the, the, the stats, you've had ten appearances for Barnsley. Yet you're considered, if we may say so, a bit of a Barnsley legend. That's because I think your affinity with the town and, and the club has always you've always stayed true to Barnsley. You talk about Barnsley. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I said, when uh, when we got promoted, I were uh, I were on the pitch. Uh, <laughs> when we I were on the I think I might have been fourteen, fifteen, and obviously when they done the uh, the parade, I'm stood outside the town hall, dripping wet through. Uh, so yeah, it's it's where I'm from, and and, and I love it to be honest. Did hear there was a chance that you nearly signed back to come to Barnsley? Just tell us a bit about that. Yeah, yeah. Mark Robbins was the manager. He uh, it were over the summer, so he, he came to my house actually with his assistant. I can't remember who his assistant were. Uh, one of lads from Rotherham, wasn't it? I took a sure. couple. Yeah, he took a couple lads from Rotherham. We so we had uh, so yes, yeah, so we came to my house and must have said the right things and. Uh, they offered, I think they offered Preston three hundred grand, and Preston wanted five hundred. But there's a there's a story. I mean, at the time, I, I had a I had a massive massive argument with my missus, and I was like, that's it. So I've packed a bag and I've uh, I've gone and checked myself into Arsley House Hotel Sunday Sunday morning, <laughs> as you do. So <laughs> so I've gone into my local in Arsley at uh, at sort of twelve o'clock, and I'm, I'm out all day, and then I've ended up for some reason I've I've got no shirt on. <laughs> Uh, so I've walked from the club up to the Hadley House and there's two foreign guys outside smoking and an hour on my way into town. So I've walked past them in a pair of shorts, no T-shirt, flip-flopped, gone up the stairs. As you do, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a strange club, Hadley. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so then I've, I've gone upstairs, I've put some jeans on and a shirt on and five minutes later I'm getting in a taxi on my way into town. But the uh, the next morning I get a phone call from my agent. What on earth were you doing yesterday? And I'm thinking, well... I'm sure I've not done out too stupid, but apparently the two agents were uh, the, the two guys outside as the were Hugo Colas's agents. Right. So they phoned Mark Robbins on the Monday morning saying we we saw John Parkin last night coming into the hotel blind, drunk, in a pair of shorts, flip flops, no t-shirt, came back down five minutes later in a shirt, jeans, in a taxi on his way to town. So Mark Robbins must be thinking, well, I'm just trying to pay 300 grand for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Luckily, my agent explained the situation and it all sort of got smoothed out and they still wanted to sign us. Is that one at regrets then, John? Obviously not coming back to Barnsley. I think it would have been a nice way to round things off, wouldn't it, for you? Yeah, it is a regret. And looking back, if uh, I maybe could have pushed the move through through even more. But, I mean, from 300 grand to, to 500 grand, it's quite a big difference. So it were, it weren't as if me playing up at Preston, which I'd have been happy to do, uh, we're going to make much difference. If there might have been 25, 50 grand in it here and there, it might have been a different case, but I, I didn't feel as though if me me playing up had, had managed to force a move through. But it's definitely definitely one of the things that I, I regret in, in football, never coming back. I mean, I go back to watch now, and, and I think I'm watching thinking, I wish I'd have played more games for Barnsley and scored for Barnsley, and, and had, a, had an effect to... On the pitch for him, really. Yeah. Is it fair to say that your footballing home would you consider York? You've had a couple of spells, but he's still there now. Is that is that your your footballing home, or uh, I don't really think of anywhere as my footballing home. To be honest, it's uh, see, football's not like the biggest thing in my life. 
uh, it might that might sound strange. It never has been, even whatever level I've been at. I mean, football for me is is really just a job that I go and do Monday to Saturday, and then from from then I totally forget about it. Yeah. What's been your favourite place to play at then, John? You, you, you went down to Forest Green. I think you enjoyed yourself there because of the hostel you, you spoke about. Like you, yeah. you ended up in the hostel after being prodding to going in that direction. Well, that well, that a good time in your career because obviously you're going somewhere new, aren't you? And it's a it's a bit of an odd club at times, isn't it down there? So it is. It is. And when I signed, uh, the, like the manager says, "Oh, we've got a hostel that you can stay." And I'm thinking, in a hostel? I'm thirty-two years old. Oh, I'm not stopping in an hostel. And then, <laughs> I had a week in the hotel on my own and I was pulling my hair out and I thought, I'll go and have a, go and have a see what it's like. So I went and still weren't taken, taken to it straight away. But then I thought, I'll, I'll move in for a week and see how it is. And I ended up staying two years. It was brilliant. We were, I was like a 32-year-old student. It was fantastic. <laughs> now, the title of your book, Feet the Beast, Pints, Pies, Poles and a Belly Full of Goals. Um, and you've said yourself, you like a good evening out. Just... Tell us, because um, obviously we don't want to give too much away because we want people to buy the book. I don't Kindle, obviously, through Amazon or whatever. You get books these days. I wouldn't even know. There is no bookshops no more, is there? Um, <laughs> talk to us about some of these evenings out that you've had because, to me, an evening out is, is taking the missus to a restaurant and then we might call for a quick in number seven and then we go home again so she can watch the Amadil rerun. Your evenings out are not like that, are no, they, John? See, like, it, it, I, 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 it gets a sort of Friday and I just can't wait to go out. I mean, I used to get my car driven... Uh, to wherever we were playing away, so I could get back as quick as possible. And it was literally, I, if I, from Preston, uh, Preston, I used to from Hull as well. I'd be home at half six, seven o'clock, and within ten minutes, I were, I were on my way out, and, and I just couldn't wait for it. And then I were out till I pretty much dropped. More from John Parkin right after this. The Reds Report on the Vibe, sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley. Yeah. 
Fucking hell. Thank you so much. The Reds Report on The Vibe. Sponsored by Opium. The number one indie bar in Barnsley. Back on the vibe. The Red Report, John Parkin, Chris Mason, Carlo van der Water, just a quick quick break there to recharge the batteries. John, we've just been talking off the air about when Eki were at the club and we mentioned there, we, we can say it now, can't we, as well, that sure we, we, we said that... We're going to do. We're going to say it anyway, but we felt personally when we sat watching games that if he wasn't from quote-unquote Royston, he, he would have got the sack before he did, but then you look at what you've just been talking about where... He was losing players hand over fist and Barnsley got lucky with a crop of about nine players 
from the lower league that they polished up and turned into players, didn't they? And it, it, it can't happen again. And they, they did try it with Paul, didn't they, when they brought in Potsy? And, and, and I mean, Potsy's a good player, he's playing well, but they tried to do it again at championship level, and it's hard, isn't it? It is. It's, as I say, it's a, it's a totally different level, the championship. I mean, you've got, uh, if, you, if you're getting sort of 10 lower league players and, and trying to make them into sellable assets, you might get one or two maximum out of that, but Barnsley got five, six, who obviously went on for, for big money. And <clears throat> I think the the main mistake Barnsley made as a, as a football club were sort of not renewing people's contracts when they did get to the championship. I mean, sort of win all... I'm just talking off the top of me. I might have been on two and a half grand a week. If he'd have got offered four grand a week, which in the championship now is, is not even good money, that's just bang average money for the championship Winner will probably snap your hand off and he's on a three year contract then as yeah. opposed to his, his deal running out at the end of the season and and, and I think that's the, the main mistake I mean Winnold scored what 16, 18 goals that 20 odd when they went up and he got a dozen before Christmas and all a dozen before Christmas so you're looking at a, a probably 7, 8 million pound player there in theory and you've lost him for 500 grand whatever it were yeah, I think it were, and then but we, we we've spoke about that, haven't we, with contracts before? And get your opinion on this, John. I think the club as well. I think the agents might have been saying to the players, "We don't know how well you're going to perform, so don't get tied into a three-year deal." Does do you think that come into it at all? It just depends on your own personal how much confidence you've got in yourself. Mm. But uh, I mean, I don't blame anybody for for leaving a club for for more money because no. we are we've got a short span of time to to earn as much money as we can and. Uh, no matter, and and what, no, everybody anybody says there's no there's no loyalty in football, at full stop. From a player to a club and a club to a player, and and that's just the way it is. And if everybody accepts that, you can sort of you can get your head round when you think, well, why is he gone there? Why is he gone there? I mean, Winnell, I don't know if I don't know his own personal circumstances. He might have a, a missus and kids, and and not wanted to uproot his kids and and leave home, and he's gone and got a. An incredible contract at Sheffield Wednesday. I yeah. think it's fair to say, as fans, we always ever see he's one of ours, and now he's one of theirs, and suddenly the hate comes in. Yeah. He was a fantastic footballer. I've said it openly, I'll say it again. If they brought him back, I don't care where he's been. He's just a goal scorer, especially at this level, isn't he? It's a bit like John, isn't it? If John, John comes into a team, he scores goals. If Sam were to come into that team now, he'd score goals, and that, that sort of goes by wayside then, Carl, yeah, like you're saying. So it's easy to forget, John. I was interested in John. You said earlier that you football to you was ever just a job. It's something that you did. Um, now, looking at the career that you've had, if you had to look, if, if you look back over your career, how would you sum it up in, in 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 three words? What? Because it's a long time. You scored goals wherever you've been. How would you sum your career up in in, in three words? Uh, exciting, uh, long, and <laughs> painful. Painful. And on the same note, you you just said, you know, you've got, a, I suppose, a limited lifespan as a, as a professional football player. You've wrote the book, you're doing the podcast, probably don't even seem like work or anything to you, because it, it, it's literally like three mates somewhere, you stick a microphone and that. What does the future look like? What, what would you like to do more of? Are you, you're doing your coaching, I believe? Yes, I'm doing my coaching badges at the minute, which is, is something that interests us. But this uh, the podcast and, and his YouTube channel, it's uh, it's quite exciting, to be honest. I didn't even know what a podcast were until I went on and uh, and started doing it. And I didn't know what YouTube were all about and all that. But uh, I just have to wait and see. But uh, as long as I'm enjoying myself, whatever I'm doing, same as throughout my whole career, I've, I've really enjoyed myself and... Probably too much at times. 
it's it's weak guests that you get on the Wick podcast. That helps it, doesn't it, a lot. I mean, you've spoke Dominic Matteo and some of the players you've had on there, it, it helps you a lot, doesn't it? And it probably gives you that hunger to keep doing it, doesn't it? It does, does. And as you said, it, it's just good crack. We just sit and have a couple of beers and, and talk for two or three hours. And, but luckily, we've we managed to get some really good guests on and uh, it's it's mainly been players who we've, uh, who we've played with and have helped us out, really. But it's... Uh, as I say, it's, it's just a bit of crack and hopefully everybody enjoys listening to them. couple of weeks' time, you've got a, a special on at Bramall Lane, haven't you? You want to tell people about that and you can give that a quick plug. Yeah, 11th of October, we've got a uh, we've got a live podcast, which is, is for a, a charity. Uh, that One of the lad who I used to play with, Andrew Lonergan, his missus, and uh, I think Billy Sharp's missus of, of Climb Kilimanjaro. Uh, so we're doing like a charity thing and we have a live podcast on with a, a couple of guests. Excellent. Tickets, where can we get tickets for that from? Uh, they'll be available, I'm not sure, I think the, the posters and everything are coming out to, tonight actually, so everything will be on uh, on social media, on us under the Cosh Twitter and Facebook and all that jazz. Excellent, so any, anybody who's listening to this now and all obviously podcasts when it comes out, give you under the Cosh listen because it's definitely worth it. Um, yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, um, I saw this earlier and I know the club and everybody... Um, the news broke this week, Stephen Darby at Bolton having to retire, uh, being diagnosed with motor neuron disease. I mean, that sort of brings it home, isn't it? That as fans, we go to a stadium and we expect to see these sort of Warriors, gladiators fight for the team. There's more than that, isn't there? You know, you said I've really enjoyed myself. Is that rare, do you think? Now, now money has come into this game so much that people... Do they still enjoy it, do you think? Because the pressure, uh, the money... Is 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 it different from when when you started out? It's totally different, but I, I I don't know if I'm different to most people. But I don't see it as pressure. I, th- I think pressure's paying your mortgage and and putting food on your tail. I don't think playing a football match is pressure. It's it's something that everybody lo- enjoys doing and and uh, people enjoy watching and people are there some, uh, sometimes singing your name and you've got. 15,000 people singing your name and I don't think it's uh, it's pressure personally it's you know what I mean at the end of the end of the month you're going to get paid uh, so for me I don't feel as though it's pressure at all um, before we go for a quick break I'm going to come back and do some quick fire questions with John just can't to round off into the week we can't wait for them John what's your favourite goal that stands out for you then I think it's the one at Wembley uh, as, I, as I spoke about uh, earlier with, with my little boy there and obviously mum and dad and my brother and my missus are there so I think uh, I think I'd, I'd have to say that and it were only a little flick header it were no special you know what I mean but it were uh, and I, I think it'll be when he gets a bit older and we start having a pint and he'll, he'll realise what, what it actually were all about yeah. and uh, the last one before the break um, now you're quite a funny guy listening thank you for, well <laughs> you are you are um, who's the funniest player you've played with uh, Chris Sedgwick Chris Sedgwick at Preston and uh, he's, he's up there with the funniest and it weren't necessarily the, the, the his, his gags that were funny or his reactions when he got dropped and, and when he weren't playing it, I mean it, it used to be I got dropped one before one game and he just sat sulking I said I don't want to play I don't want to be involved this is someone going to tell him and it was just his reactions really we, we used to laugh more at him than with him but uh, yeah said you were a funny guy The Reds Report on The Vibe sponsored by Opium the number one indie bar in Barnsley Face. There's a row going on 
Barnsley.
Back on the Reds Report, sponsored by Opium Indie Bar Barnsley. And if anybody knows where it is, just let me, John, and Carlo know because it's been a while and we're not sure where it is. I know we're sponsored by him, but that, that, that's because Barnsley's like a beat, isn't it? It used yeah. to be. <laughs> We've just been on about it, haven't we, John? I mean, you look at town now and it's not the same anymore, is it, when you go out for a beer? No, no, I mean, it's. Uh, I don't really get in much now, to be honest. It's. Uh, I don't know if I've grown out to it or what, but I, it, I don't think it's worth being rough on the on the Sunday morning for anymore. But you, it used to be worth being rough till Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> right, John, um, before we let you go, um, I'll let you plug your book again before you go and everything and where it's available and stuff. But I was going to hold it up, then I realised we're on radio. <laughs> I know, we've not got a camera in here, have we? have not yeah. got a webcam. You can't get a phone Leave. signal down here, never mind a webcam. <laughs> no chance. Um, John, what was worst dress player you ever played with? Uh, Neil Miller. Neil Miller. Everything used to be tight. His, every tra- his trousers were tight, his t shirts were tight. and they weren't, It weren't so much that they were bad, it was just how tight they were. Can put you off, can't it? It can <laughs> do, yeah. Who's the best player you've played with? I'm going to have to say Craig Bellamy, obviously, the, the career that he had and the teams that he played for. and uh, So, yeah, so I've got, to, I've got to say him, really, but he's... Uh, you don't yeah. have to like him. No, you don't have to, you don't have to be his best <laughs> pal, but to be fair, I would, I would actually sit and have a, have a drink with him, but just as long as it were a quick him. <laughs> just a quick him, yeah, yeah, just, just a, a, a walk. Just a short <laughs> and he's away. Um, develop on that. Oh, what best player at Barnsley, John, then, that you played with? Uh, the best player at Barnsley we played with... Just, oh. See, I, I didn't actually. I don't think I've actually played. In fact, I didn't. Uh, Ashley Ward were my were my like go to really. I used to watch him, and I think that's. I'd love. I'd love to be like him. And played with Iggy, didn't they? <coughs> yeah, Iggy was here. Yeah, yeah, Iggy were. Iggy were a, a very good player. Uh, but but I like ships. I like playing with yeah. ships. Were like proper old school, big burly. Knock him about, but he, he he got quality as well, ships, and he, he could finish. He could, you know, look just on about Ignat. Then somebody put on Twitter the other day, his record gets unrecognised by some fans. Thirty odd goals in seventy appearances or something like that. And you look at that, it was a great return from Craig, wasn't it? That. But I've always, I think that's what Barnsley in the last sort of ten, fifteen years, players that you think back of are the Redferns, the Hignets, the Howards, yeah. and it's those the Hurricanes, maybe you know the goal scoring midfielders, haven't they? Yeah. Um, so we know the best, the worst player you've played with. The worst player I've played with. Obviously, if you want him as a guest on your podcast, yeah, maybe. you'll have him on anyway. Him. And he'll <laughs> tell him. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely tell him. Uh, 
a guy called uh, Neil Trotman at uh, at Preston. I remember it, it, we we used to do a, a circle uh, on a Friday. And there were three in the middle, but you were with them for the whole season. And obviously, I joined a little bit late, so I ended up with Trotsy. And it looked as though he would got his shoelaces tied together. So <laughs> I think if it got to twenty passes, you were in again. And there were once it got up to one hundred and twenty passes, and it got to the point where we were. Uh, you could only use your left foot, and then so we're in blowing out his backsides in this, and then one of the lads are passing the ball on purpose, and he, he did his knee, and he'd be straight back in, and so I have to say Neil Trotman. You know, you're obviously at Preston, were Fergie there when you were at Preston? Yeah, I had, uh, Fergie came in after Alan Irvine got sacked, and to be fair, I got on all right with him. Uh, he was a, a good bloke, and, and obviously it was him who, who wouldn't sell us to Barnsley. Obviously, you'll have seen a lot of Man United players come to Preston then. What was it like when them lads came through? Because we've had Matty James at Barnsley, and we've said, we say it every week actually, he was a Rolls-Royce of a footballer when he came to Barnsley. What what was it like when them kids come from United to, to, a, to a championship side? We got Matty James, we got Josh King and Danny Welbeck all came in the space of a, a week and some trio <laughs> yeah like, but at the time Danny Welbeck uh, I used to say to him I says uh, hey up Dean is there any chance of your Danny coming in or what because he was barbaric for the first <laughs> three weeks he didn't look as though he played football before he was because coming from this this under 21s or whatever it were at Man United it's all pass 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 and then you get into the championship when you're getting smashed every every 20 minutes and all it's really fast and, and it, it looked like a fish out of water to be honest and you could tell he, he obviously got a, a lot of ability but it just took a lot of getting used to and then once once Darren got the sack his, uh, his old man just pulled them all back did he um, obviously apart from yourself who's best player banter wise that you've played with got to be Dean Saunders with them prizes on it yeah obviously I, I've not played with <laughs> Dean Saunders <laughs> but he was Dean Saunders was a funny funny guy who could tell tell a story but the I mean, the the time when he fetched a racehorse in for it was a prize for our best our best player in training, and there were an actual racehorse at the training ground. And you're like, is this really happening? But so yeah, Dean Dean Saunders were a funny funny guy. Uh, we've talked about the worst dressed. Who had the worst haircut? To be fair, I've had a few badans over the years. I mean, I used to have blonde highlights like David Beck. That was that was when I thought I was Billy Big Balls, <laughs> walking around Barnsley on a on a Wednesday Saturday night. Uh, Worst haircut. I think I'm have to go. I'm have to go for myself. You know I'm a, for yourself. I'm, yeah, I'm very yeah. self-critical. Looks quite dapper today, don't you think? <laughs> oh, what biggest diva that you've played with? Biggest diva, Jay Bullfroyd. Oh my god, <laughs> I love this story. Oh my <laughs> days, he was the biggest moron I've ever come across. And I mean, I signed in the January, and he just uh, he just got his England cap, I think, in the November. And I've never met anybody so up the self so self opinionated and I mean I, like if I was having dinner uh, and then he'd come and sit on the table I'd actually pick my plate up and I'd move to another table I just didn't want to be anywhere near the guy if we came knocking on your door and we'd volunteer ourselves to do one odd job in the house that you don't like doing what would we be doing for you you, you could do any I mean I, I, I literally <laughs> I, I, I cannot do anything I, I can't even put a, uh, a shelf up. If I, if I put a shelf up, I'd end up needing a plasterer, a painter, and, <laughs> then, someone, like my dad. and then someone to come and put the shelf back up because I'd messed it up. But uh, the guard, guard, I don't like doing the gardening, and so I think I'd probably <laughs> probably have to cut the lawns for us. To put a fortnight's yeah. holiday in here. We're going to be busy at John's house, yeah. I think. Chris is good at gardening anyway. Definitely, so. certainly am. Um, what's your funniest footballing memory, John, up to date then? 
Oh, there's so there's, there's so many. That... One of the, one of the ones when I've when I've tipped the golf cart in Austria, uh, me and Steve Simonson are we're, we're playing Real Madrid. Uh, two days later, I think with Cannavaro, Ramos, Casillas, and we're playing the Real Madrid, and we've got an afternoon off, so we we decided to go golfing. Uh, so me and Simo are in the in the golf cart, and we get to the top of the hill and. The tee's at the bottom, and an hour driving. I thought, I'm just going to floor this down. I'm going to see if I can spin it at the bottom. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. 26 years old at this point. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not 15. I'm 26 <laughs> years of age. Uh, so I, 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 I put the foot down to the bottom of the bottom of the hill, and I skidded skidded the golf cart, and I thought, oh no, I'm, we're going out here. So I've managed to bail out, and then the golf cart's done two rolls. We see more still in it. <laughs> So I've like got, got myself up and the, all my legs cut down the sides and I've got gravel stuck in my legs and of it Simo's like put his head up out of the middle of the golf buggy like you know on the cartoons when you've got like birds flying around <laughs> your head when they've been knocked out yeah. and he's like what the you're doing here and I, was like, I said well, I'm sorry mate and so I managed to we rolled the golf cart back on its wheels and the screen smashed the the metal bars and the roofs all dinted in and everything so we had to go back to the uh, the golf, uh, the pro at the golf, and obviously show him this buggy, and I think it ended up costing me about twelve hundred quid to get it repaired. How do you explain that one? But I was like, literally, I thought there were a good chance that I was going to miss playing against Real Madrid because I was messing about in a golf cart. Yeah. <laughs> um, we talked about Wellington Street earlier. Just imagine if we go back in time, Wellington Street is still as it was, and we're just about to leave the last pub, and we're all a bit hungry. Are we going for a kebab, a pizza, or a bit of curry? I used to have phases. Right. They used to have phase. Yeah. The worst one, I had a lasagna phase. Uh, I don't know why lasagna, but I used to get it from, you know, Americanos? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it yeah. used to take 20 minutes to cook. So I've gone in, I've ordered the, Ameri- the, the lasagna. Uh, I've waited me 20 minutes, me, he's called my number, so I've gone and turned around and some lass has knocked it out of my hand all over the floor. <laughs> God. Oh, she says, I'm really sorry, I'll, uh, I'll get you another one. So she ordered me another. So I wait another 20 minutes. So the number comes out, goes and just turns around. Another girl knocks it out of my hand again. And I'm like, is this, are you winding me up? And she was like, I says, uh, she says, that's what you're doing here. She says, not doing me. She says, what, you've just knocked it out of my hand, love. They were her and her pal. Uh, I said, you just knocked it out of my hand. She's like, I've not. And, and it'd been proper snooty. I says, look, just get me another one ordered. She's like, no, no. Anyway, these two lads came in, obviously the boyfriend. Says, mate, don't you two start because I'll pick you up and I'll hit him with you in a minute. <laughs> anyway, so they're like, what, what's happening? What's happening? It says, your, your, your missus has just knocked my lasagna out of my hand and, she's, and I'm not happy about it. Mate, the police came in and everything. <laughs> like, what's happening? What's happening? Because I'd totally lost my head. So I ended up waiting an hour for a lasagna. So we'll, have, we'll go for a sit down curry then because it can be quite organised. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that after a night out then. Um, if you had free reign over a future guest on podcast, John, dead or alive, who, who would you like to sit and, and have some crack with? Uh, George Best, I think. I think I'd like to... No, not do with the football. I'd just like him to talk to me about the birds that he'd, uh, he'd been with. No doubt. Get his black ball. No doubt. Um, we, we, we've talked about the podcast. We've talked about the book, Feed the Beast. Um, fast forward in time, but what should we say? We're a year on. Book's been an enormous success. Steven Spielberg says, Feed the Beast. That's going to be my new big, big movie. Who's going to play the role of John Parkin? Or who would you like to uh, play the role? 
I think I'd go for the guy off the Goonies because I'm 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 totally comfortable with being drop dead ugly. I'm totally fine with that. So I'd, I'd go with the guy off the Goonies. I think sticking with realism. John, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in the studio. Thanks for today. having us. Now, cheers for coming in, mate. And when you actually do come down to Barnsley, we'll uh, we'll come in and get uh, get a, get a book in flesh and get it signed and that. Um, brought mine, mate. I've uh, listen, mine. listen, I've got <laughs> my digital I've got my digital copy for Hospital Week of Friday, mate. I'll be happy with that. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Cheers, mate. Um, John, cheers for coming in. Um, one last plug for your charity that you're doing at Bramall Lane and, and your book mate where people can get it yeah it's the uh, the 11th of October a, a charity night for the uh, Kilimanjaro 250 I think it's called and should be a really good night we'll come and have a drink and, and have a bit of crack and then the book's available at Amazon, Waterstones, WH Smiths. I think it's going to be down in the club shop uh, soon enough. And uh, 14 club shops, I think. Yeah, well, 14, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the only thing, I know we're just about to finish off, but I, it's a question I had and I completely forgot. A football book. You're talking about going out. You're talking about wild nights out. There's a foreword here by Tony Pulis and Jilly Cooper. Yeah, she's a good friend of mine, Jilly Cooper. We, uh, she, yeah. Uh, she comes. She comes to the Forest Green games, and she's she's writing a, a book about football. One of the sort of like a Jilly Cooper's writers, but of a, of a football nature. And got introduced to her, and she asked me if I'd go to her house and and talk to her for a for an afternoon, so she can get a bit of research and and whatever for a book. Um, so then we've just been friends ever since. I mean, I went to a I go to her summer parties, and uh, she sends me Christmas cards, Valentine's Day cards. So it's uh, yeah, it's a bit. I know it's a bit of a strange one, but yeah. I'm, I can say that I'm, I'm good friends with Jilly Cooper. If we've not heard or learned anything in this past hour, it's the friendship between Jilly Cooper and John Parkin. Excellent. We'll take that, say that. And I'll take that away with me today. John, <laughs> cheers again, mate. Absolute no pleasure. Problem. Welcome anytime. Thanks a lot. We'll be back on the Red Report next week with myself and Carlo. And we'll give you some, uh, some bars of reaction next week after this week's John Parkin special. Cheers for listening. Podcast out very soon. Cheers, John. Cheers. Thank you. The Reds Report on The Vibe. Sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley. Because our parents are getting older doesn't mean they don't have lots to do. They might just need a little help. At Care.com, you'll find people who can take them to appointments and events, help pick up groceries and cook great meals. Whatever it is they like to do, the right caregiver can help. And since everyone at Care.com is background checked, you can be confident that you're getting support from someone you can trust. Find qualified local senior caregivers for your parents at Care.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Oh. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network. The ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Want barnstorming Barnsley insight analysis and opinion? Follow the Reds Report podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Search TalkSport Fan Network.